0: My son usually calls me on Mondays, and he says, how is church? And uh, I always say church is good, because church is good. I like coming to church. But then he says, how is attendance? I say, well, attendance could be better. And uh, I think, how do I say this? I'm inviting people to come back to church. I was talking to Pastor Darren, and he said his brother his brother goes to a church in in Utica, and he said their attendance is down. It's way down, from what it usually is. And Darren this morning just told me he was listening to Pastor Jensen Franklin, and Jensen Franklin said the same thing. He said people like people are like coming to church. Yeah, and uh, you know I was raised Roman Catholic like many of you, and it's one thing the church they taught me in Roman Catholicism is on Sunday you go to church. Yeah. I mean, we, and when our kids were in school, they'd come home from school, they'd be tired. You know, they, they'd, they'd stay awake all all the week during during call. They'd come home, they want to sleep. And when they came home, they said, no, you're getting up, you're going to church. I don't care how tired you are, you're going to church. Now, my son would come to church. He'd sleep through my sermons, but he'd be there. <laughs> but he had this habit of of. You'd think he think he was sleeping, but he wouldn't. He'd be awake. When he, oh, tell him when he was in when he was in elementary school, he he wouldn't be paying attention. He'd be looking out the window or something like that. And so the teacher would call her. You know, she'd be asking a question. She'd call on him. She'd say, uh, "David," and David would give her the answer, and just frustrate her because it's like he's not paying attention. How does he know what's going on? But anyway, I think it 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 might be something that's kind of just permeating the church right now, and I I. We need, to, we need to come back to church, so I'm inviting everyone. And I'll, unfortunately, you're the ones that are here. You're, you're the faithful ones who usually come all the time anyway. But for others, just come back. Come back to church. You know, I understand you can watch it at home, but what happens is you watch it at home, and then you skip a week, and then you skip another week. But when you come to church, there's something about getting together with others and worshiping God and feeding on the word and smiling and shaking someone's hand and giving somebody a hug. You know, it's we need it, and we need to be. We need each other, and so I'm just inviting all of you to come, and uh, let's. I understand you can't make it every week, but as often as you can, come. It'll be a blessing in your life. I believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. so, Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. I want to share with you this morning for a little while on the topic of forgiveness. We touched on this on Wednesday, but I felt like uh, I need to hit it again because I did, there were some things I'm, I meant to say and I didn't. And uh, it's, it's such an important topic for, uh, that we need to we need to really get a hold of this and uh, and walk in it. And forgiveness to me. Uh, has two two aspects. One is my relationship with God and one is my relationship with others on the earth. And, you know, thank God that that the God that we serve is a loving, uh, gracious, and compassionate God. The Bible says God is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. It's one of the greatest and most beneficial qualities of God is that he's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He's a gracious and merciful God. And he's a God who forgives those who repent. And his forgiveness is available to the entire human race. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we were all dead in our trespasses and sins, every one of us. We were separated from God. We didn't know him. But God, but Jesus came and lived a sinless life and died on the cross for you and for me that we could be forgiven of our sins and spend eternity with him. Sin is an offense against God and it demands that the offender be punished. You know, I was thinking in Genesis chapter 39, where Joseph was in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife kept coming to him and saying, S- lie with me, lie with me. And eventually he said, he, felt he, he put an end to it. But when he said, Joseph, Joseph didn't say, how could, I, how could I do this and offend Potiphar? Or how could I do this and, and, and sin in my body? What did Joseph say? He said, how could I do this, commit this great sin against God? A sin is an offense against God and it demands punishment. And we couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't serve the punishment ourselves because we're the guilty ones. So Jesus came and lived a sinless life, shed his blood, died on the cross for you and for me. And in so doing, he took upon himself the sin of the world so that we could be forgiven. And be made the righteousness of God in him. Because of his sacrifice. Forgiveness of sin is available to every one of us. And I can be declared righteous. And spend eternity with God because of his sacrifice. I was thinking of that song. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Well I tell you. I know I'd, I needed forgiveness. I needed the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from my wicked way of life. In Romans chapter 10, it says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. When God forgives, here is a real key to forgiveness. When God forgives, the Bible says he forgives Totally. Psalm, in Psalm 103, in verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In Isaiah 43, it says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. God doesn't, remember, God doesn't just kind of set them aside and say, Well, if you, if you mess up, I'll bring them up again. So he, he, he lets it go totally and, and in Hebrews chapter 8 there's a, there's a quote in Hebrews chapter 8 but it's, it's quoted from Jeremiah chapter 31 and it says for this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord I'll put my laws into their minds and I'll write them on their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people and they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother saying know the Lord For they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. I tell you, I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that God forgave me, and God wiped out out the record of my sins. And I've been made the righteousness of God in him because of his blood. But we're going to receive communion this morning. We're going to remember that sacrifice that he made for you and, and for me. Because of that, we can be forgiven. We can be cleansed. We can be made righteous, and we can go to heaven. Because of what Jesus did, so forgiveness is all. With my relationship with God, there's nothing I have to forgive Him for, but I receive His forgiveness because of the great sacrifice He made for me. I don't know if that does anything for you, but it does something for me because I know, I know I was, I know I needed God because I was not, I was not a, a good person. And now I just want to talk a little bit. I just want to share about forgiveness between people and our relationships here on the earth. In Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians 4 and verse 25, it says, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth with each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. The King James says, give the devil no place. And then skip down to verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. The scripture says that we're to we're give no place to the devil. You know, there's all, there's a lot of argument in the body of Christ as to whether, you know, they say, can a Christian have a demon? Can a Christian be influenced by a demon? I believe he can. The apostle Paul says, give, give no place to the devil. He's writing this to people in a church. So to me, that says that somewhere along the line, there might must, there must be the opportunity to give him place. He said, don't do it. How do you give him place? Just be angry but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Bitterness and unforgiveness allows the enemy to come in and have influence in our life. That's how we open the door. You know, people say, well, how do you open the door to the devil? Obviously things like sexual immorality, stealing various sins will let let him in getting into the occult getting into satanic things but there's a very kind of a deceptive way that he gets in and that's through offenses one of the problems that we have to live within this imperfect world is imperfect people people can be selfish people can be self-centered crude, offensive making others feel hurt wounded slighted mistreated you know we don't always act like we should we don't always say what, good things when we feel we've been, when we feel we've been wronged in some way it makes us angry and we become resentful and we begin to hold bitterness and unforgiveness toward the one who hurt us and sometimes it's not even a person sometimes people are just mad because they feel like life is giving them a, a, a raw deal. Just, did you ever meet someone, just always, they're just always mad, they're just angry all the time. There's something they, they, They've been offended, so they've been slighted. Somewhere along the line, they've been hurt. Sometimes it's just the system. You know. They're just mad at everything and everybody because they didn't feel they got a, a fair shake. But we have to be very careful we don't let that kind of stuff in, because it'll defile us, and it'll keep us from being the people that God wants us to be. When we feel we've been wronged in some way, it makes us angry, and the the problem is that we feel justified in in being angry. We feel justified in, in having bitterness and unforgiveness because of what they did to us, because of what they said. You know, you don't just wake up one morning and decide to be bitter. You know, there's a reason why we become bitter, and we feel and to feel it's okay to feel the way we do. In Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about a root of bitterness that springs up, causing trouble, and by it many be defiled. When we allow anger and bitterness and resentment or hatred to come in, unfortunately, we just took the bait. You know, the the devil just had somebody have something or someone offend us, and we took the bait, and we got bitter and unforgiving. And here's one thing, you know, bitterness and unforgiveness will always hurt us, but it doesn't hurt the person we're mad at. If somehow we feel like we're getting back at them by by getting angry or staying angry, writing them off, you know, I'll never talk to them again. That doesn't hurt. They don't, you know, that they're probably glad you never talk to them again. It doesn't hurt them, but it hurts us. It puts us, it allows the enemy to come in and to, and to cause us to be stressed out and angry and upset and bitter and someone someone said getting angry and staying angry and bitter at someone is like is like taking poison and expecting them to die it doesn't affect them it affects us and it causes and it hurts us spiritually and it can keep us it can keep us from god that's why to me it's it's scary you have to really watch out for it. and when we stay mad and bitter at someone we're allowing whatever that hurt is, whatever the offense, whatever they did, whatever they said, that thing is, st- is still controlling us because we're, we're still hooked. As long as we're, we're in unforgiveness, we're still kind of hooked to it. You know, we, we play that video over and over again in our mind. We rehearse what they said. We tell everybody else we know, oh, you don't know how they hurt. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. We spread it around. We get, we, you know, that's what the Bible says when it says, a root of bitterness springing up and many be defiled. You know we kind of blah, we just vomit that stuff out on everybody else around us because we're we're justifying how we feel. We want to know how we want people to know how hurt we are, how we've been wounded, how we've been betrayed, how they stole from us, how whatever they did to us. I'm not saying we should never feel angry or hurt or offended. It's natural to feel that way. But we can't let it take root. We have to let it go in Jesus name. What did the apostle Paul say? In this letter that we just read, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. It says in that first scripture we read, be angry but do not sin. You can't let it lead to sin. Can't let the sun go down in your anger, because it'll fester and take root. When I hold on to bitterness, I'm holding on to the past, and I can't re- and I can't move into my future. My progress is our progress in the Christian walk is hindered because of it. So we we tell people we always say you've you've got to forgive. People people say but I can't. You don't, know, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said. You don't know how they hurt me. I can't forgive. Yeah, you can. You just don't want to. Because we have to understand, forgiveness is a decision. It's not a feeling. You may not feel you can, but you do it. You just say, I forgive him in Jesus' name. And you may not feel like it, but you keep saying that by faith. I forgive him in Jesus' name. I lose them. I let him go. I break that hold on my life. I let it go in Jesus' name. And eventually, you keep doing that, and eventually, you keep forgiving, and the feelings will come. The feelings will follow, and, you, and you'll, you'll sense that you're free from that. You'll, you'll sense that you're free from whatever that is that's binding you and tying you. God wants us to be lovers of and not haters, in Jesus' name. And here's what, to me, what's very important: we receive forgiveness according to the forgiveness that we give. But if we don't forgive others, the Bible says God won't forgive us. And that's scary. In Matthew chapter 6 is what we call the Lord's Prayer. And you know what Jesus said at the end of the Lord's Prayer? In, verse, in, in Matthew chapter 6, in verse one of the things that we pray in the Lord's Prayer, it says, and forgive us our trespasses or our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. What we're praying there is we're saying, forgive us our trespasses as, and as means in the same way. So forgive me in the same way that I'm willing to forgive others. And I'm basically saying indirectly, if I don't forgive others, then don't forgive me. And Jesus makes a point of it. After the prayer, he says, and if, if, if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father in heaven will not forgive your transgressions. That's, when we, when we harbor unforgiveness, we put ourselves in a place where God can't forgive us, won't forgive us, because we're supposed to forgive. We're supposed to receive forgiveness in the way that we, in the way that we forgive others. In another scripture in Mark, in Mark chapter 11, in the account of Jesus, when he cursed the fig tree. It says, in verse 20, it says, as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. And being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you've cursed is withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and you will be granted to you. I like the King James says. It says, therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you desire, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. I wonder how many people feel like they've been forgiven of their sin, but they haven't been, because they're holding bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart towards someone. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can cost us our salvation. I've shared before the story of the African pastor who wouldn't forgive his wife, died in an automobile accident. An angel of God took him, took him to hell, and said, if the book of your life is closed right now, this is where you'd be. He said, but I'm a pastor. He said, yes, but your wife came to you and asked you to forgive her, and you refused. And so your sins will be forgiven. You know, in that, in that parable, it says a king was going to settle accounts with his servants. And he called a servant who owed him 10,000 talents, a, a, a ridiculous amount of money. Take him 100, 100 lifetimes to pay it back. He ordered him to be sold along with all that he had so he could pay the debt. And the servant fell down before him and pleaded with him, have mercy on me and I'll repay you all. He didn't ask for forgiveness of the debt. He just said, have mercy. I'll repay it. Give me some time. But the king was compassionate. And he said, no, I'll forgive you that whole debt. That's me. That's, I said, that's me in my relationship to God. I'm the servant who owed 10,000 talents. I'm the one that should have been sold forever and ever. But I was forgiven. So if I go out and I, and I meet one of my fellow human beings here on this planet, and they commit an offense against me and I refuse to forgive them, what, is he, what happened to that servant to refuse to forgive? The Bible says he was turned over to the tormentors until he should pay the whole amount, the whole thing. In other words, what he'd been, what he'd been forgiven for before was like the, what he'd been forgiven was unforgiven. The whole amount was put back and he had to pay the whole price, the Bible says. And he'd never, he'd never be able, he was turned, turned over to the tormentors. We have to be very careful you know, I was listening to Jensen Franklin. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm preparing, a lot of times I'll try to listen to two, three, four other preachers preach on the topic, so I can just glean, see what they have to say. I was listening to Jensen Franklin. Jensen says, you know, most people feel like there's there's one unforgivable sin, which is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But he said actually there's two. The other second unforgivable sin is unforg- If you are, if you're in unforgiveness, God won't forgive you. It's scary. We have to make sure that we release, we let people, we let it go in Jesus' name. We can't hold on to it. And you know the Bible says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about love? It says love does not consider, love does not take into account a wrong suffered. That was when someone wrongs me, when someone does me wrong, if I'm walking in love and forgiveness, I've got got to let it go. I I can't keep mental notebooks. How many times you get in an argument with somebody, oh, my wife, my wife and I used to fight all the time. And we say, you always. You remember, you remember 15 years ago when you said this, and then you said it 12 years ago, and then you said it 10 years ago, and then you did it again yesterday? You're always doing that. I mean, we get these mental notebooks. That we, you can't do that. You've got to let it go in Jesus' name. You've got to let it go. When we forgive, you've got to forgive and forget. And I like what Jensen Franklin says one time. He says, you have to forgive, and then you have to love like you've never been hurt. Love like you've never, like it's never been, was never there. I know that's not easy. It takes it takes faith. It takes diligence. It takes perseverance. But we have to let it go. We can't keep mental notebooks. Guess what God? What does God say? As far as the east is from the west, He's 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 removed my transgressions from me. God does not remember my sin, and I can't remember yours. Amen. I, I, th- I thought someone all night I'd get an amen, but uh, I'm preaching good. I'm preaching better with, than your amen in this morning. <laughs> this this is this is a good message. It really is. It'll it'll free you. It'll cause you to be free, because what's what's the result of forgiveness? Peace, harmony, reconciliation. What's the result? What's the result of unforgiveness? Separation, anger, bitterness, frustration, ulcers, stress. What, what do you want? I want peace. I want reconciliation. I want harmony in my life. So I gotta be, I've got to forgive. And we, all, you know, we live on an imperfect planet with imperfect people. People are going to hurt us along the way. We've got we to let it go. It's, a, it's in my nature. It's in your nature. We have the Spirit of God in us. We have the forgiving God living inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit to help us, to help us be the people that God's called us to be. So we have to resolve. We have to make up our mind. I'm going to live as a forgiving person. I may be angry, but I'm not going to let the sun go down. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to let the sun go down on my anger. I'm not going to let it fester. I'm not going to let it grow inside of me. I'm going to loose. I'm going to let it go in Jesus' name. <coughs> See, we feel like, but but if I let it go, it's like it's like I'm letting him off the hook. No you making way for God. Benjamin, stand over here. Face me. Mark. Face him. See, if Benjamin offends Mark, and he never does, but just in case, this is just an example. <laughs> but if Benjamin offends Mark and Mark and Mark is looking to get revenge somehow, and I'm God, I can't get he's in the way. But if he the Bible says make grave. Don't take vengeance on your own. Make room for the way so God God can get in there and do what he wants to do in this situation if we get ourselves out of the way. So forgive. Give it to God. He'll deal with that person. He really will. And he'll deal rightly. We, we won't always do it right because we're mad. But God will do what's right. And God will take care of it. And God will bless you and our, our lives. And we'll be free. We'll be free to go on with God. We'll be free to serve him. We'll be free to receive his forgiveness. We'll be free to be the people he's called us to be. We're supposed to walk in love and forgiveness the same way God does towards me, towards us. And I believe that we can and we will in Jesus' name. Don't fall into the trap of bitterness and unforgiveness. Don't fall into the trap of keeping mental books and notebooks in your mind. Let it go. Let people go. Love them and let them, put them in God's hands and see what happens. You'll be better off for it, and the whole situation will turn out right. I tell you, my wife and I, we quit fighting. and we're more, I'm, I'm more in love with her today than I've ever been in my whole life. She's wonderful. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, I, and I know, I'm not going to spoil it by getting mad at her. She's not perfect, but God knows I'm not either. Oh, she put up with me for a long time. Amen. Amen. Father, Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of the necessity of walking in forgiveness, of releasing the offender and letting it go. I thank you that you've forgiven me all of my sins when I didn't deserve it. So even if they don't deserve it, I'm going to forgive them and let it go. It's what you did for me. is what I'll do for them. Thank you, Lord, for, bringing, for, for showing us the importance of walking in forgiveness In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.